I know, I know, these are tough days. I'm thinking you might need a, well, a pickup of sorts. I'd like to introduce you to two young people who fill me with hope about the future of American politics. The first is Chloe Maxman. I met her a few years ago when still in her early 20s and an unapologetic progressive, Maxman had been elected to the main house, the first Democrat ever to represent her district. That district, Maine's Lincoln County, is the state's most rural. It's also among the poorest, where one in five children grow up in poverty. And it is staunchly conservative, voting Republican by an average of 16 percentage points in the preceding three elections. When I met her, Maxman was preparing to run for the state Senate. Several old Maine Pauls, I lived in Maine back in the last century, and I know its politics very well. Uh, They told me she didn't have a chance, but she won, knocking off the state Senate's Republican leader, who was also the GOP minority leader and the most powerful Republican politician in Maine. Maxman exudes optimism, energy, tenacity. She's also very, very smart. She says, She'd always imagined running when she was in her 30s. She thought she needed a couple of graduate degrees, a settled life, maybe a family to welcome her home. But in 2018, as climate change got worse and accelerated, she realized there was no need to wait and no time to wait. The second person I'd like to introduce you to is the person who managed both her campaigns, His name is Canyon Woodward. Woodward comes from a rural part of southern Appalachia. Maxman and Woodward met in college and decided the only way to begin solving the climate crisis was to get involved in politics, literally from the ground up. Both had watched for years as rural America was abandoned abandoned by, by Democrats. They decided to buck that tide. How did they do it? They organized. They developed the most grassroots of all grassroots strategies. There was nothing at all fancy about it. Maxman herself knocked on tens of thousands of doors. She connected with persuadable Trump voters who had never before spoken with a Democratic candidate. And she didn't just talk to them, she had conversations with them, and then followed up with more conversation. And those conversations were about kitchen table issues those voters' lives, and practical needs. As she describes it, during her campaign for the main house, she walked down a dirt road leading to a nondescript trailer. After knocking on the door, it cracked open to reveal a man who was reluctant to hear from her. She introduced herself, nonetheless, and asked him about the issues he cared about most in the coming election. After they talked for a time, he told her, quote, you're the first person to listen to me. Everyone judges what my house looks like. They don't bother to knock. I'm grateful that you came. I'm going to vote for you. Maxman and Woodward won over Republicans and working people by focusing climate discussions on the Gulf of Maine, which is already warming 99% faster than the rest of the world's oceans, stressing lobster populations, and threatening the livelihoods of Mainers. Maxman 
focused on protecting those jobs and creating new ones in the transition to a low-carbon economy. When she introduced a Green New Deal in the state legislature, it received an unprecedented endorsement from the main AFL-CIO. And although the bill was scaled back, it ultimately passed by a wide margin, laying the groundwork for more ambitious climate action going forward. When I met her and asked about her approach to politics, Maxman told me rural communities are moral communities. They respond more to personal stories and values than to policies. Building trusting relationships is the key. This takes time and effort and demands humility and a willingness to learn. As Maxman and Woodward explain in their upcoming book, quote, things move at the speed of relationship in rural America. You don't, jump, you don't jump straight into business and take care of things as quickly as possible. An essential part of the culture of living and organizing in rural America is slowing down and building relationships. It is the touchstone on which our future and all hope of transforming how we relate to politics and one another depends. And a good relationship starts with a handshake. This small gesture is about establishing a modicum of trust and human connection. To show up, look someone in the eye, and shake their hand is to plant the seeds of possibility and connection. It's also what's lacking in today's politics. A voter told us one day, I don't identify with either party. I vote for the person. I vote for whoever has the firmest handshake. The Democratic Party has all but abandoned rural America. Democrats have invested most of their resources on suburban and urban voters. This has proved a disastrous mistake. In 2016, Hillary Clinton won almost every urban center, but Trump swept the vast stretches of less populated country in between. Exit polling revealed that Trump won nearly two-thirds of the rural vote, while losing by a similar margin in cities and evenly splitting the suburban vote. When the American electoral system was created, over 95% of Americans lived in rural communities. Now, fewer than 20% do. But the nation's electoral system remains locked in the founders' two 18th century inventions, both of them premised on a widely dispersed rural population, the Electoral College and a Senate in which each state gets two senators. Although Democratic presidential candidates have won the popular vote in seven out of the past eight elections, dating back to 1988, the Electoral College has elected Republican candidates in three of them. As a result, the same imbalance of power has become entrenched in the Supreme Court, where Republican presidents who failed to win the popular vote have appointed five of the nine sitting justices. Meanwhile, the Senate is becoming less and less representative of America. Today, the 10 most populous states in the Union are home to half the U.S. population, but their 20 senators make up only a fifth of the U.S. Senate. The other half of the population, spread out over 40 smaller states, elects four-fifths of the Senate. This means half of the country gets four times the number of U.S. senators per person as the other half. A state like California, with 40 million people, 
has the same number of senators as Wyoming, with 579,000. It will be many years, if ever, before these anachronisms are remedied. In the meantime, if they want to maintain political power, Democrats must be able to compete in rural America and connect with rural Americans. Chloe Maxman and Kenyard Woodward chart the way.